You're listening to The Greatest Gift Podcast, where we empower and uplift parents by reminding them why they chose to give their children the gift of homeschooling. Our goal is to reframe and redefine the stereotypes of homeschool kids as we highlight the positives and explore the negatives with honesty and hope. Welcome to the Greatest Gift Podcast. I'm your host, Jay. And I'm Bree. And today on the show, we have a very, very special guest. She runs her very own theater company called Life Song. Um, she teaches theater classes. I think I should probably let you give your own bona fides. Uh, this is my, it's my mom. <laughs> Woohoo. But before we get into our whole conversation about homeschooling and the arts and specifically about theater. Bree, did you go ahead and bring us a quote of the day? I did. And who is more fitting for our quote of the day when we are discussing homeschooling and the arts than Van Gogh himself? Mm, capital T, the artist. <laughs> um, and I, a bit of transparency here. Jay, I'll just, I'll just let them know. I didn't actually have a quote when we sat down to do this podcast today. I um, I ended up Googling inspirational quotes. And you know, the first thing that came up was Van Gogh. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And then I read what he had to say. And I said, he might as well have been a homeschooler. <laughs> this just applies so well. Okay. Say it. So our quote today from Van Gogh is, Great things are done by a series of small things brought together. So just like individual brush strokes create a wonderful painting, the small decisions you make every day to contribute to your children's education also hopefully will come together to build them into wonderful humans with wonderful futures. Well, that's a wrap. Uh, that's a wrap. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What See a tapestry guys. we have woven. <laughs> Mama, what do you think about that? I think that's amazing. And so the small things, it, it doesn't seem like a small thing when you're in the middle of it, but all those little things that we were able to do as a family and then bringing other friends with the same interest in putting them all together, I think work together to make uh, opportunities for you guys that even as adults now you are building on and, and kind of picking and choosing for your own family what what you can take from that and then building your own strengths out of that, uh, those yeah. experiences. I think all homeschool parents ultimately want their kids to excel in everything. They would like, you know, I'd love it for my kid to be the best math mathematician and the greatest historian and awesome writer. And then life happens, you know, and so you <laughs> those little things uh, like cleaning up the kitchen. My kid needs to know how to wash dishes and sweep the floor and, I think hey, I learned that all those things you did, yeah. you really did. And you use those daily. But the thing is, first, I had these musical children, Mike Jake, <laughs> who needed some opportunities to perform. And so I wanted to provide those for them. And uh, if they had needed a math team, I, I would have gone out and found a math team. If they, <laughs> if they needed a robotics team. I would have felt a robotics team for them, but as it turns out. I don't out, think I knew that robotics 
was a thing until no. I was far out of school. In hindsight, Jay's oh. thinking, oh, I could have done robotics. Robotic. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just remember, you know, I thinking back, I had thought about as a young adult myself, or even in high school, how much joy theater and singing had brought to me, you know, just the whole creative process as a diversion from the mundane work and the academics of daily life. And I saw an aptitude in my own children as they were tiny, I mean, little, like like Percy, learning to read with character voices. They would just read to each other with character voices, and they would sing on pitch, you know, when they were two, and then they'd sing in harmonies when they were four, and um, just learning how to tell stories to each other at a really early age, and so just taking those inborn skills and then developing them seem like the next natural thing besides it being just a ton of fun for me because that's where my interests lie I just feel like a person and I learned this from my own experience learned so much about himself from other actors also from the material they're performing they learn uh, the power of storytelling from performing and my kids it seems like to a person all of them love stories so much and love recounting stories they're like a family of quoters and jay can attest to that i mean they're big big quoters and so retelling the stories for them is just another way of reliving a tale from the time they were tiny and so it just seemed like a natural step I love how you tied in what that looked like when they were little you know identifying <laughs> the gifts from a really young age, because I think a lot of times um, parents don't think to identify things, you know, oh, yeah, he sings. That's just uh -huh. Jay. He's just a singer. But you were able to identify, OK, he's able to do things that not every kid can do and he enjoys it. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> so I think that that is good for parents to be on the lookout for things like that. You know, sometimes it's a knack for drawing. There are some kids that they just put a pencil to paper and they can create something that looks very realistic. Um, and that's not normal. So also knowing how to compare that to, you know, what is normal, quote unquote, for that age range. And then, um, you know, some kids, even if they may not have a specific gifting, if they're passionate, if you can also feed the passion and take yes. that to the next level. But another thing that you said that I loved was when you did talk about how if it had been robotics, you would have found a team for that. If it had been something else, you would have found a team for that. And I think that a lot of homeschool parents get so overwhelmed because they don't have the mindset of of finding resources. And so I love that you had it ingrained in you that whatever they need, you don't have to be the sole provider of it. You just have to be able to gather resources and do some networking. And in the past, in some of our previous episodes, Jay has talked about his experiences growing up and he always was talking about how networking was such a big part of the arts for your family. Um, you know, finding other people who appreciated the skills that he and his siblings had and then utilizing them. And I, I think it's important that people know that there are always resources out there. It's just yes. a matter of finding them. Yes, yes. And if I'm the music person for some other people, I love knowing 
that there's a science person for me and there's a French <laughs> person for me and I, I can enjoy doing what I do knowing that where I fall short, I can find another group for them. But Jay has been the beneficiary of that idea. Yeah. Could you maybe talk a little bit about where you found some resources, how you developed that network? Yeah. Well, when they were very young, uh, we just had a few families in church. The homeschooling was not as big in Nashville as it is now. There were a few families at church who were homeschooling, and they happened to be all around, have kids all around the same age as my kids. So we decided we'd get together once a week at church and we'd have a little co-op and I would teach a little music class and another mom would do a science class and another mom would do an art class. And we only had three moms at that time and we picked up others along the way. But every week we would get our group of, I mean, we probably had 10 kids between us and they would um, just spend the day or just a morning together, eat lunch together. And then part of that grew, grew out of that was the poetry picnic. You may have heard of the poetry. picnic. Yes, he did talk uh, about that. <laughs> so every kid would learn a poem and we would have lunch in Centennial Park and they would stand up on a beautiful rock and say their poems for each other just to, that was probably the start of their performing days, just being comfortable uh, sharing a story with a supportive crowd. And uh, that's the best part of homeschoolers is that everybody seems to be supportive. There's not a whole lot of competition, a whole lot of uh, fear of, um, you know, rejection or, or any sort of fun being made of you because you're learning things that most other homeschools find valuable as well. So that was the start of it. And we went from there, of course, to um, a one day a week, uh, co-op um, and then from there to the tutorial where they ended up graduating but it was always one day a week and that left us so much time to pursue their other interests which happened to be we, since we lived in Nashville we got real lucky with music and I happened to find uh, the Nashville Children's Choir which opened the door for a lot of other music activities for them but um through Natural Children's Choir, we met other musicians and other kinds of music, uh, recording sessions and um, other plays and other uh, musicals that they could be involved in. And I think that's where my kids really learned how to sing and how to um well, that was their team sport. You know how some people play soccer and basketball? <laughs> well, I never did do that. When I was a child, my brothers told me I was no good at that. And they were right. But And so my team sport was music, uh, choir, and musical theater. And I, I was able to provide that for my kids. And so that's one of their team sports. They can, they're better than I am, but that's one of their team sports. But finding those um, opportunities in Nashville was a huge blessing because there was a lot to offer here. Mm -hmm. Sure. I love that you have described our homeschooling experience as built by these different talented parents, because that is exactly what it is. And it's built by this community who everyone could handle a different thing. And that's why it was so rich for us. I, you've already kind of answered this question, but I would love for you to get into a little bit why you chose theater, uh, you know, musical theater specifically to be your uh, passion, I guess. 
Well, I was a music major, and so I got my degree in music education. I taught one year, then I got a graduate degree from Belmont in music education, and I taught another year, and then I had twin boys, and so I did not go back. That was us. That was you. (laughs) And so they were born, I guess, three days before graduation, so I did not walk in that graduation. That was okay, because I had these baby boys, and... uh, So I already had a lot of music uh, experience under my belt. And then when the, I just kind of devoted my energy to raising the the kids, but when they were ready to sing and, and act, um, I just wanted to be a part of that. And so I would put together little shows with them and it was usually my big idea. And some, uh, sometimes they would roll their eyes, but for the most part, when they were little, they thought it was great fun. And so we would get (laughs) all of our personal friends together and say, let's do a show. And so we'd pass out the parts and we'd get together and we rehearse and we'd have a little show and it was so fun. Well, they went from those little shows that we did, um, to Rob getting a part in, uh, Sound of Music at Chaffin's Barn. You remember that? And oh, yeah. so that's when the bug kind of bit him, I believe, and maybe all of us. And it went from there to you guys getting a part in Shadowlands. Do you remember Shadowlands where you got to be C.S. Lewis? C.S. Lewis show. Uh, stepson. So and that really, you got to meet so many talented actors there that I think really showed you kind of what it was like to act with, um, with deliberation and just really tell a story in a, in a very um, high quality way. And then from there to the Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, which was great fun because Thomas got to join you for that. And Laura. I can't and believe I, you remember all of our shows in order. Well, don't you? I mean, when you have kids, look, you'll remember all of Percy's little shows. Oh yeah, I will. Uh, well, I sat through them a lot. Okay. So I sat through a lot of shows. <laughs> But the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, everybody was so into it. And so that's when that was just a rich experience. And then and there was another co-op in town that caught wind that Jay and Robin Thomas could sing. And they didn't have enough boys for their show. So they said, would you come and play piano for our Sound of Music? And then your boys can be in our Sound of Music. So we went, Jay was the captain. Uh, were you 14? You had braces on your team. Jay braces was and I was Captain Von Trapp. It was tr- truly a miserable <laughs> That's what you do. Viewing you experience. do what you do. And then Rob was Rob was Rolf. And then we did Beauty and the Beast with them. And then I, you know what I thought? I can do. I'm I think I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna run with it. Oh y'all there's a plane. A very rude airplane. Sorry. I was wondering what that sound was. That's pretty bad. I think it's gonna go away. <laughs> All this is staying in the show. Shoot. <laughs> Well, anyway, all of that, that they were having so much fun with it. And I mean, I don't know, Jay, were you having fun with it? Oh, absolutely. I was loving it. So we drove around a lot. One thing that you neglected to bring up is all of the shows that you were in when you were a kid that I've seen videos of. That's funny. Do you want to talk about them? I was in shows rarely. Well, because we lived out in the middle of nowhere, but when our high school announced that they were going to do Sound of Music and they were going to let some people from the middle school try out. Oh, my goodness. We were beside ourselves because we knew the Sound of Music because we had a VCR because those were dinosaur VCRs back then. And we had recorded the Sound of Music and we watched it every summer while we shelled peas. So we had the Sound of Music memorized 
And so we thought, well, okay, then this is our show. That's all it took. When we got to do the sound and music, the bug bit bad. And so I got to do, you know, a handful of shows in high school and then in college. And those were, that was Annie. But the, Annie is just, the Annie club is strong, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's so <laughs> cheesy, but once you're in it, it never leaves you. It's oh, I love Annie. Forever. <laughs> Classic. It really is. But because of all those experiences and how um, fondly I remember those times, they were the highlight of my young life. I wanted to share that with my kids. And so homeschooling was going to make that tricky unless somebody stepped up and did it. And so that's probably the main reason why well, I started Jay and Rob were about to graduate, go away to college. And I had one chance and that's when Life Song Theater Group was born. And Jay is the charter member. I mean, he is the reason that there is a Life Song Theater Group because I guess I was modeled the tailor. Well, he was modeled the tailor and he was fantastic. It was just there. My last chance to direct my senior boys and, and in a musical with their younger siblings, uh, it was just the perfect combination, I think, of longtime friends that you guys had been with for years and one fantastic French tutor who agreed to be Tevya, which just took it to the next level. And it's a show that I love dearly. We had some students who played the oboe and Thomas on the violin. He was the fiddler. We had a clarinetist all within our friend group. We're getting really okay. inside baseball right now, but we're talking about Fiddler on the Roof. Just so, just for people who aren't theater people, that, that's the show. What did I say? We what didn't did say. We just didn't well, say. we all just are like, oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't actually say that it was Fiddler on the Roof. For those of you who aren't into the theater arts, so that is the, sorry. The background. For those of you who aren't Fiddler? into theater arts, you probably shouldn't be listening to this episode. <laughs> well, it's time. But to if get you are, in. we welcome you, right, Yay. Jay? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was the beginning and it was a wonderful show. And so from there, we just kept on, kept on going and, you know, homeschoolers need a theater home. And so it's hard to get a theater home if you don't have one. That's probably the most tricky part for our listeners is saying, yeah, we want to do a show, but, you know, finding the place to do it, the people who are willing to share space. And we've just been blessed to have churches and local schools willing to let us use their space and that's probably the trickiest part of doing a show for me is not having my own space or I've long said we need just a homeschoolers theater here in Nashville that we can all take charge of and then just share it between us there are so many homeschool theater groups here so you're kind of touching on it now but Running a theater company, realistically, is kind of a full-time job. Yeah. So will you talk a little bit about balancing that with also, uh, you know, you still have kids now who are in elementary school. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you still have kids as if I don't know them. They're my, my siblings. <laughs> but like, will you talk a little bit about that sort of balancing act of being a homeschool parent, also running this company, and also teaching and doing the million other things that you do? Right. I guess I could just compartmentalize and we just kind of la 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 float around through our days until it's time to do the show. And then we all go in panic mode and we get we just get it done. You know, the last 
couple of weeks before the show are just a total panic. And I think part of that is because we do use other people's space and we cannot move in until they say, I mean, the actual um, school where our tutorial is now is a church in Brentwood that we can't really set our stage up until after church on Sunday. And then our show opens on Friday night. And so, and, you know, we get to rehearse on the floor until then and with no set and no, you know, no real way to situate our props and everything until tech week. And so that's where the panic comes in. You know, if we <laughs> were rehearsing in our actual performance space, we'd be smooth sailing, but, uh, because my uh, Life Song Theater group performed four shows in 2010, 11, 12, 13, four, they did six shows in 2010 to 2014. And then our tutorial asked me to um, teach a musical theater class at the tutorial. And so most of my shows now are just out of our tutorial musical theater class. So there's... Um, it's the same sort of deal, except we only rehearse once a week, all some, all two semesters and then do a show. Whereas at Life Song, we would rehearse for two months and do a show, you know, much like an, a regular theater group would do. So if I treat it like a class and I write my lesson plans, well, we, you know, our whole second semester is getting ready for our show. We practice our, we learn the music for the first few weeks. We learn the choreography with some help from sweet friends who love to do that sort of thing. And then we um, do our blocking, put it all together. We have wonderful costume volunteer moms, couldn't live without them, prop master moms, set building moms and dads. And if we didn't have that kind of help, it would, it would not be as fantastic as it is but we have to have a production meeting early on in February collect all of our volunteer help and find someone to manage ticket sales that's tricky you know mm -hmm. you gotta have somebody who really knows how to uh, work the ticket bud or whatever online ticket uh, manager we're using and uh, once we get those volunteers lined up and I not the greatest person at delegating but once I once I put my mind to it and say, you know what, that's really out of my hands. I need to work on directing and teaching this music. And that's when my job gets a little easier. But So I want to move into talking a little bit about your students. I guess I am one of them, but just mm -hmm. through, over the years, how have you seen theater and the shows you've done and the experiences you've had, how have you seen them affect the lives or the general well-being of your students? Mm -hmm. I had a mom come to me last week who was just telling me about their child going on to college and having um, the experience where they had to speak in front of a class and she said you know that goes back to you and I'm like yeah, no she said yes absolutely because that the space we provide in our theater company is so safe that kids get success early on and confidence early on by being on stage being supported and learning the little tricks of how to memorize early on and well and project and use inflection and expression 
and be easy with your body movements. And so those little things that you teach in junior high drama, and then they stick with them. And, and so she was saying how much confidence it showed. But then I had a student uh, who's at the tutorial still. She said, Miss Alice, I just wanted to tell you, I had to stand up in front of the class today and read a report. She said, I just wanted you to know, I remembered everything you taught me because it just, it was easy for me. And this is the girl who three years ago when it came down time for mock auditions, she was a seventh grader. And when it was time for mock auditions, she had to stand up in front of the class and deliver a monologue. She looked at me and she said, I'm not doing that. And she <laughs> dropped out of the class. She said, I'm not doing that. Well, she sat wow. over on the sidelines and watched for a while and then jumped back in later. But the to see how far she's come and how much fun she's had. Uh, but I've had more than one student look at me during mock auditions and say, no way, I'm dropping out. I'm not doing that. Aslan Gossett, who later became the music man, <laughs> looked at me that first year and said, oh, I can't sing in front of all those people. Well, you know, three years later, he's the lead. And it's just oh, because I think they realized later, this is the safe place for you to try and find your voice. And these people are going to clap for you. They're going to support you and they're going to be your teammates. And especially um, at that tender age, I think when you are not sure, you're just not sure if people are going to accept you and your gifts, because sometimes your gifts might be dorky. Maybe people don't like your gifts. They think they're corny, but we have a special we have a special crowd of um, supportive, kind people, families, I say. These parents bring these children in ready to be accepting of each other. And I, I don't know. I hear stories now and again about that. Uh, a handful of our students have gone on to musical theater in college to major, one, some at Belmont, some at Oklahoma City is it Oklahoma mm -hmm. City that's a musical theater school and it's fun and I can say look what talent we have had at our disposal to make these fun fun shows and for me it's just it's a very fun hobby and I get to do it with and I've still got kids that are going to have to go through it so I'm, I'm nowhere near retiring this whole project because I I want Louisa to get to have the same kind of fun that you guys have gotten to have out of it. That, that actually kind of leads into one of the questions I had for you. And this is kind of coming from a personal place for me because I am in the midst of growing our theater program here. And um, I would love to talk to you about that more awesome. too. But, um, you know, we don't have kids yet. My husband and I don't have kids yet, but that is in the plan. And I just, I know that not every kid is going to catch on to the passion that their parents have. It doesn't always work that way, but I love how you took something you were passionate about and you just let your kids become a part of that. I think one of the mistakes that a lot of homeschool parents make is, well, one, either they don't foster their own passion at all during the years when their kids are growing up and they kind of lose themselves in that sense. Hmm. Um, or two, 
they pursue their passion more than their family and their kids aren't a part of it at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess there's a third one. A third one would be forcing their kids to do what they Mm -hmm. want them to do, you know? Um, But it sounds like you really found that middle ground of taking something that you loved and then fostering that love in your kids too and involving them in it, letting it still be about them. Um, and I love that. So I, I was just wondering if you have any tips about how you did that, how you took something you were passionate about and encouraged your kids to enjoy it as well. Well, Jay might say I forced them into it. No, 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 no. Well, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Uh, and some I of think- that's a work ethic thing too. You know, if a kid commits to something, <clears throat> excuse me, if a kid commits to something and then they're like, actually, I want to drop out. Part of that's a work ethic thing of, mm-hmm. no, you committed to this. We're going to follow yes. through with it. Yes. Um, but there is a difference in forcing them to be like, why don't you love this? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Um, well, some of that is so. also you're 12 and you don't really know what you want. But. Right. Right. You don't know that how much you love it until you've done it. But I do remember Timothy at one point is like, you know what? No more. I'm done. <laughs> I think after I after I cast him as him. Oliver, it was a lot. Oliver was a lot. And so after that, they, he did a couple more shows. He said, you know what? I'm not going to do musical theater this year. And I'm like, you know what? That's OK. I need you because you're a great singer. However, you're playing basketball now and that's OK. I'll do my best with, the, you know, the other kids that I have. Well, you know, he and Jake set out a year and then the next year he, they come back and, um, I think we want to <laughs> be in the show again. I'm like, okay, let's great. <laughs> let's do it. Well, COVID hit and they missed their senior show. Aww. So Jay and J- I mean, Timothy and Jake missed their senior show because of COVID, which was going to be amazing. It was going to be susical. It was perfectly cast. That's okay. I'm not bitter. I'm just... <laughs> Anytime Timothy and Jake want to come back and Hattie and all the rest, we'll do another show one summer. We'll pick them back up. But I think they did sit in the audience and appreciate uh, watching from the audience, but also inside, you know what? I really miss being up there because that is a, that's a fun and exciting place to be. It sort of feels uh, if you do it year after year, it's your home. The stage becomes your home and the relationships you make in every show, they deepen and they rich, they just get richer and richer. And I, I think part of it was just, they missed that whole party. You know, it's like a party sometimes to be in a show, but like back to your point, Timothy is a basketball man. And so there are times when basketball needed to be his thing. And not my show, just because I needed his voice, <laughs> which I always need. And, and I'll step in here just to say, because you probably aren't going to like toot your own horn or anything, but you did. You let him kind of decide, like, you know, I'm not going to do cello or theater anymore. I want to do this sports thing. Okay. And I think the fact that, that none of that was really your forte or your, you know, passion <laughs> at all, but you supported him in that and you went to every yeah. game and, you, yeah. you know, you... Uh, you that's let fun. him do follow what he cared about. And I think that's really, really huge. Yeah, it was good. I think he will always appreciate the time he did get to be on stage, maybe more later. And he will at least have an appreciation for it when he sees his friends, his family in theater, because he knows, he knows the routine. He knows what it's like to be on the other side of curtain. For sure. Hey, I bet I, at a click of a button, I bet I could play some, uh, some of young Jay singing. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I bet I could. Right, this, this part, this podcast is over. <laughs>
Okay. So this is Look. the best part of having your okay. mom on the podcast. No, 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 no. Okay. When no. Jay oh, was young, cut out of the show. and then he got, I don't know, he got tagged for some recording sessions and he got, Disney got wind of it and then they figured out he could sing. And so they cast him in all of these Disney recordings that children listen to. And let's see if you guys can hear it, because this is classic. What are you about to put No. Okay, get ready. And a singer like you. Oh, the things you can think. Oh, the things you can think. If you're willing to try. Think invisible ink. Or a geek with a stink. Or a stare to the sky. If you open the mind. Oh, the things you will find. Lining up to get loose. Okay, that was. That worth makes it, my wasn't throat it? hurt just to he- just to I listen know. to. But that's amazing. Well, that's twelve-year-old Jay. So wow, those are the I kinds of things. And you know, if I had been his instructor, I would never been able to get that kind of a sound out of him. But the guy who came from New York, who's like, oh yeah, let's do it one more time. Okay, 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 and he's you know, you know just hyping you up so that you could do that. <laughs> and I think you surprised yourself. That for sure. Things and so I could never have gotten that kind of sound, but the professionals knew how to get that sound. So you see why I had to have a show to put my kids in, because you don't, you um, don't, you don't shine your light and hide it under a bushel. <laughs> Jay, if you do not put that in the podcast, I am quitting. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> this has been a truly embarrassing forty minutes. Um, but also very wonderful to have my brilliant mother. Y'all are hilarious. Oh, thank you so much for talking to us. You're so welcome. I'll just leave you with one thing that I wrote this note down to myself to make sure we talked about musical yeah. theater. Why? Why musical theater as an art form? I mean, what's the point? I mean, really? <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, what's the point? When we look at the big picture of this world and, and its needs and, and how... You know, the the needs of a dark world, the lost world. What's the point of musical theater? And I, I had a friend who is a playwright and a director come in and speak to my class one time about musical theater and why. Why do we even study it? Why do we practice it? And he he ended his whole talk with the idea that if a person can learn to charm an audience with his storytelling, he can go on to use that skill to share the most important story of all, which is the love of God that is in Christ. And so just learning to tell people a story in a way that they care about your story in an authentic way, just to be able to relate to an audience. I think that's a skill. If you choose to, you can use it to tell great and wonderful stories. And that's I have to keep going back to that because sometimes it does seem a little pointless, a little frivolous, a little crazy and way too much fun. But then I think, you know, some of these lessons they're taking away are not just the relationships, but the skills that they will use hopefully for the rest of their life. Maybe they're not going to go and perform on stage, you know, even in community theater, but they'll be reading to their children. They'll be uh, reading important stories to their children they'll be the person that someone will come to and say hey can you can you teach the literature class at our tutorial can you uh teach the bible class can you do this can uh and if they are confident enough because of anything they've done and a fun thing like musical theater or just have those 
neat and interesting ideas because of anything we've done. That's fun. That's fun to think about. Uh, this has been so good. This has been very fun. Uh, Miss Alice, next time you come to Jackson, I'd love to just get coffee with you and talk about theater things. That sounds um, we do have a lot of families um you know there's a huge homeschool community in Nashville and so I would love for you to give a little bit more information about your program so that maybe we've piqued some people's interest today could you give them some contact information or a website anything that you have that they could utilize absolutely the um Tutorial where I teach meets on Tuesdays, but it fills up so fast that they have to expand it to a Friday a la carte day. You can take any class you want, just a single class on Fridays. And it's called the Academy Tutorial, the Academy Tutorial.org. And on Fridays, you can take musical theater class. And there are two classes. One is for seventh through ninth graders, and the other is for 10th through 12th graders. Each one of them will do a show in May. Well, actually, the younger class is going to do one in April, and the older class is going to do one in May. And the first semester, we spend just doing improv games, learning how to sing in parts, learning how to dance, simple dance moves, and an ensemble. And then the second semester, we learn an entire show and perform it. We have great crowds. We have lots of support. And uh, we, I, that's wide open to any homeschoolers in the area. If you can get to Brentwood, we meet at in, on Edmondson Pike at Community Bible Church. That's awesome. Yeah. We're all about that networking and getting people connected. So that is so wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you for what you do for your students. Um, and, you know, I, I just love anybody that's contributing to to that because, like you said, there's so much that goes into that. It's building confidence. It's building connections. And it's inspiring people to tell stories, which is so important and so powerful. So um, it has been a joy to speak with you today. Thank you for making time for us. Welcome. You want to wrap this up, Jay? Thanks for making time and thanks for uh, being my mom. I love being your mom (laughs) and Percy's grandma. He's a good boy. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap this one up. Remember, you can always ask us any questions if there's anything you'd like us to talk about on the show you can email the greatest gift podcast at gmail.com anything else any other housekeeping we need to do uh, you guys can check out our facebook page it's not specific to our podcast but we do po- post our new podcast recordings um on the homeschool care foundation facebook page so you can find the homeschool care foundation Uh, the homeschool care foundation is amazing they um offer financial resources and support uh they connect you with people who can help you through difficult times in life there are um special needs advocates all kinds of things going on so be sure to check out the homeschool care foundation uh you can also find us at homeschoolcare.org yep that's it So for Homeschool Care Foundation, I'm Jay. And I'm Bree. And you, and you, and you. Oh, yeah, Mom. (laughs) And I'm Alice. Yay. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. See ya. Bye-bye.
Love you, buddy. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.